Hey, everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I'm your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with Matt Shamlu of Mateo Valet Productions on how hobbies can help with filmmaking. Matt is a certified Robin Robins. Robins Madonnas. Robins Madonnas. Why didn't I see? I need to put that in phonetically. Uh, life coach and has been to numerous wedding workshops. His work is amazing. Uh, I've actually had the pleasure of shooting with Matt before uh, on a couple occasions now, and I am super stoked to have you on today, dude. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure, a pleasure to be on the podcast. This is my first podcast, and uh, just really hoping I can add value to people's lives, um, however that might be. So just so everybody understands, I do mark these as explicit. That doesn't mean that we're going to be cussing like sailors the entire way through it. But um, if I do drop an F-bomb or something, I am sorry, but it is marked as explicit for a reason. Um, Matt, why don't we start at the beginning uh, before we get into hobbies and that kind of stuff? Why don't you tell us how you got started into videography? Yeah, so the way it got started was I was seeing somebody at the time and I was in between community college and figuring out where I want to go next. And right before we broke up, or right before she dumped me, um, she encouraged me to go to this place called St. Joseph's Community, St. Joseph's College, I'm sorry. Uh, very local, uh, but they had a new journalism program. And I really clicked with the main professor. She worked on NBC for Law & Order. I was like, oh my God, I love that show. And she taught a documentary class that was digital. And originally I wanted to go for writing. Um, I wanted to be part of production, but not the video part, just like planning and like a producer, like anything like a producer. Like a PA. Yeah. yeah, just some, like did the, the business field. But then we had to take this required class that required us to use cameras. And at first I was like, okay, like this isn't my thing. Uh, they gave us Canon XA10s, which are prosumer can quarters. And I thought this was like, the creme de la creme of cameras at the time. Uh, this was 2014. And I remember, oh my God, this is $1,500. This is so cool. Um, so we had to film. And she pretty much told us, film anything. Just make sure it catches people's attention. So, okay, what can I film? And I go to this gym um, at the time. I was working at this gym during college. I was a kickboxing instructor. And we had this one student there who was a competitive Muay Thai fighter. But at the same time, she was like trying to be a doctor at the same time. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Like you have this. It's a little bit of a contrast, yeah. Medical genius because she was like top of the student, top of the class of everything. But who wants to be a fighter? So like, okay, I'll interview her. So like, how does she balance that? Because I feel like medical students, like people who are medical students, pretty much have no time for anything. Um, so that caught her eye. That caught her attention. And she had said, hey, listen. I'm not trying to boost your ego, but next semester we have another class that I really want you to take. And then that one, we went into storytelling and positions in the video field. And it really just confirmed and really just validated that this is something that I want to do for the rest, for the rest of my life. Uh, it's something I love. And to get into weddings... Didn't hit my didn't really hit me until that summer because I needed an internship. So what I did was I pretty much had this template email that I would just send to everybody who I thought of. Um, I went on the knot and I just found every videography company and I just said, "Hey, I'm trying to get my foot in the door. I will work for free. 
I am just trying to get some experience. I also need, you know, time for an internship. Please let me know if anyone's available. I did get a few responses. And um, when I was working for the company, first I wasn't really into the weddings. But what I noticed was I was doing what I was doing weddings during the day. And that made a big difference because once I started doing weddings at night, like night receptions, I was like, oh, wow, these receptions are so much fun. Like these parties are just bashers. These parties are just so much fun. People doing body shots, people with their shirts off. Like just, body shots. <laughs> just crazy things. I'm like, whoa, this is so much fun. I'm like, you get to do this for a living? Like, whoa. Like, at the time, anything that had a creative vision towards it, any career that pretty much seemed fun, I always had the mindset of, or the limited belief of, oh, this person just got lucky. Or this is just a side hobby. You really can't do this full time. This is like a side hustle. And then the more weddings I started doing, the more people I met who were doing weddings full time. And it really inspired me to take the chance of, oh, you know what? Let me start my own business. Um, throughout the process, I started second shooting, main shooting, editing. And then I was like, you know what? I can do this. And I think I, do this, I can do this well, too. So the end of 2016, I want to say November, it was Veterans Day. So whatever Veterans Day was, uh, 2016, November I decided 11th. to make the, November of, oh, it's always November 11th? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, because November 10th is a Marine Corps birthday. November 11th is Veterans Day. Okay. Oh, thank you. Oh, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> um, makes sense you are part of the Navy. <laughs> so I remember it was on Veterans Day um, where I made the decision, I'm going to start a business. And how do I know it was Veterans Day? Because I went to the bank and I realized they were closed. I was like, okay, they're closed on Veterans Day. So I'll go the next day. Um, and it really just it escalated from there. Um, and I, I wasn't, it hasn't been easy between getting bookings and getting the right type of work and from finding good shooters and just growing. It's been difficult, but it's been so enjoyable because I've been able to grow constantly, meet some of the best people. Honestly, I never traveled before doing weddings. My best travel story before doing weddings was, uh, I went to, um, what's that place called? Universal Studios. Um, that was like the highlight of my life before weddings. In Florida or California? Oh, Florida. Not even California. I, I didn't leave the East Coast. Um, I just didn't have much life experience. Since weddings, I've been to like half the country. I've been to like four continents. So it's just been such a game changer for me. Um, and I'm, here I am today. So let, let's talk about, because you, you actually, you answered my follow-up questions. So that was a very good introduction. The, uh, uh, Sweet. I'm, I'm like out of breath right now. So I'm like, ah, I catch my breath as you talk. So I, what we're going to talk about today has to do with how hobbies are help, will help with your filmmaking abilities. And one thing that Matt and I are going to talk about a lot is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And the reason why is because we both train. However, I just want to make it really, really clear that the stuff that we're going to talk about can apply to a multitude of other activities. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a combat sport like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that basket weaving is going to get you all the way there, but a hobby in general. So just keep that in the back of your head while we're, while we're kind of chatting. So uh, Matt, why don't you tell us about your, your background in the JITS? 
Yeah, so I started martial arts back when I was a teenager. I was, I don't remember, I want to say I was in, go, I was the summer of going into 10th grade. Um, I remember I was just always scared of getting bullied. It was just one of those situations where um, I had some problems at school. And my mom had said, hey, listen, like, you know, you weren't, you weren't into karate. Um, I tried karate for like three days and then just didn't like it. But my mom said, hey, look, there's a new gym down the street. How about I sign you up? So she signs me up, and I love it immediately. It's fun. Like, it, you get to work out. You get to get some uh, – you get to really feel like you're accomplishing something. It was one of those things where – I don't want to say I, I got good quick, but I improved, and I was able to watch my improvement. So that was one of the things I took a lot of pride in. And this went on until – Excuse me. Uh, this went on until senior year of high school. Senior year in high school, I got a job, and getting that job took away a lot of that time. I was on. I was doing winter track, spring track, so I had a lot going on. So, senior year of high school, I really wasn't doing much. But when college comes around, I can make my own schedule. I can pretty much decide what I want to go to school, how long I want to go to school for, um, and when not to go to school. That changed big time um so during college i went to a kickboxing gym and i was there for about four years but we decided to to dabble in jujitsu i really loved it um at the time i just couldn't afford to go to a real jujitsu school so i would just settle for whatever whatever was given to me and as i was going through college um i started doing more i started working with more people i started meeting people from other gyms and cross-training. And I realized that jiu-jitsu is something I like more than I like kickboxing. And when I graduated college and I started my business, I was starting to make, I guess, uh, how do you say, like real money, where I wasn't making like $120 a week. Um, I was making a little bit more than that, where I can afford to pay for a gym. And I went to this place. Um, it's right up the street from my house. Um, the place is called Monster. Love the place. Since then, I've I've been there since 2017, and I've been going religiously at least like four days a week. Um, I feel very guilty if I go three days or less. Like I don't even want to eat like condiments of foods. Like if I go less than three days. Yeah, Brittany would murder me if I was training for four days, just leaving her with the kids for that long. Like, cause I, the way that I've been training is uh, Tuesdays. Like, so we're filming right now on a Tuesday and um, there's a uh, gi class from at six to seven fifteen, And then we go into no gi from seven fifteen to eight fifteen. So I do just both back to back. And then Thursdays is another no, uh, another gi class from six to seven fifteen, and then from seven fifteen to eight fifteen is open mat. So I've just I just do two, you know, back to back, and that that seems to be okay with her. So I don't try to push that, you know, because I'm gone for like four hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, um, the difference between you and me is I don't have a family, so I know that's yeah. gonna be one of the things that is a big comparison or a big contrast yeah, for people, but um. I usually do everything in the morning. I like to get everything done with the day. I like the idea of it being 12 o'clock 
and I've already showered, I've already exercised, I already did all the hard physical stuff I did, and I still have the rest of the day to myself. Yeah, see, here's the difference. Here's the difference between me and you. Is I got up this morning, I worked out, I've showered, I've done all that stuff, and then I'm still gonna go to jujitsu later and then train some more. <laughs> oh, so you you already went to class this morning? No, I, I work out with Brittany. There's a gym right there. Like literally okay. right next to me on my right, we have a we have a gym. Mind you, for oh, okay. the listeners, it's nothing like crazy. It's not like a gym gym. It it's just concrete walls in the basement and you know, dumbbells, that kind of stuff. But we we do have his and her matching pull-up bars. So we are uh, weird like that. Yeah, don't gotcha. let Brittany fool you, man. Just uh, when we were in Temecula, we we used to do the Spartan races all the time. And uh, so like we've I've I've finished a few trifectas where you do all three in a race year and that kind of stuff. The what is it, sprint super and a beast. And uh, our last Spartan beast which was 13 miles and some change. It was 106 degrees in Temecula when we were running it. And Brittany took seventh, like seventh, just with the number seven. That's it. Yeah. No, like she, you know, back then when we were like training, training, we would go for like 15 mile runs on Sunday. This is before we had kids, obviously. Uh, We do like a 15 mile run on like a Sunday morning, just get up, run, and then just literally go sit in an ice bath afterwards for like 20 minutes. Uh, but I want to say back then, she could almost do a 300 Marine Corps PFT, which is uh, 100 sit-ups in less than a minute. I think it's a minute. It's either one minute or two minutes. It's been a minute since I've had to do one. Um, she could almost do 20 pull-ups like freestanding pull-ups. I know she could do at least like 15. She could just knock pull-ups out. In fact, when she was getting her wedding dress, one of the people uh, uh, where she was getting, where she was trying it on and doing that kind of stuff was like, oh, are you a swimmer? Because <laughs> her back was like this giant V from all of the pull-ups that we used to do. Uh, but yeah, no, she was a, she's a straight monster. I mean, she's still, you know, I love her. Like, I'm not saying that she's, you know, anything less than that now, but she, she used to, yeah, she would like run me into the dirt. And back then I was running like a sub 18, three mile and she would just annihilate me. I'd rather shoot two back to back three day Indian weddings for free than everything you guys just said. (laughs) We, uh. Yeah. Yeah. We used to be really, really active. We did the beach cities marathon series to where you run, you do uh, the marathon in Newport Laguna and Huntington. And when you do all three in a year, like you get this like seashell medal, we have all of our medals upstairs, but um, yeah, we used to, we used to do all kinds of stuff like that. Like all the time we were doing stuff like that. It's crazy. I've done the Spartan sprint and that's like the most I'll do. I love it. But I can't do anymore. Um, those beasts are one, a joke. That's, that's a half yeah, marathon with, all, with like thirty obstacles. <laughs> and then when you hear about when you hear about those go rock ones, I don't even mm-hmm. I don't even respond to those anymore. I just I, I pretend that it's just like something you see in a movie. Um, those ones that are that are like over twelve hours. I yep. can't. I, one hour is enough for me. I, I'm I'm very content with one hour. I the way I do it is. Um, I, I work out just enough to where whatever I eat doesn't really affect my health. Yeah, balances which, it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 eat, I work out just enough to where I can eat like chicken tenders. I like Wendy's. That's my, well, that's not my real standard, but that's something why I want to accomplish. I want to be able to eat the foods I want to eat, so which is why I work out. But um, as far as the jiu-jitsu, I, I go at 10 a.m. There's a 10 a.m. class that I go, and I love it. Uh, just the people that are there at the 10 a.m. class, I'm more into them. Not that I don't yep. like the people at night, but the people at the 10 a.m. class, they're business owners. They're a lot of established men. Like they're in their 40s or 50s, their fathers, some of them are grandfathers. And it's nice because one of the things I like about martial arts gyms is you meet a very particular type of person who has very high standards for themselves. Um, this is someone who like this is someone who does martial arts. They're not a regular person. And I'm not saying that in an insulting way. It's just <laughs> a bunch of people, people just raise their eyebrows. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> um one of the things about martial arts is you, you learn a lot about discipline. Um, to get good at it, you have to keep doing it. You have to do it repeatedly. You have to do it on the days you don't want to do. Um, you have to do it on the days where you just feel awful. Um, one of the things I realized is, you know, anyone could, be, anyone could watch a video on YouTube and feel motivated, but most of the time we're not going to be motivated, and that's when you have to really just stick it out. And I've met a lot of those people who have such a routine and they're there more than I am and they have oh, kids yeah. and they have their business and they have all this and you see the type of person they are. You see the success that they have. And it really just, it, it really starts to make sense to me. It really validates that belief of like discipline equals freedom. I don't know who said that, but I know someone, Jocko, Jocko that guy, he mm -hmm. said it. Um, it's really nice to see because at the time I have an entire class, podcast on that, by the way, <sighs> I'm going to look back at this now. No, I have some homework <laughs> now. Uh, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drive somewhere that's like five hours away and then drive back just to listen to a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, I actually, uh, uh, so Jocko owns a company called origin with a guy named Dedico and I train with Dedico. That's where I train. Smallest world. Yeah. So I I had dinner with Jocko. Eh, it's been like three years now, three, four years. We had dinner. Yeah. That's why I know about Task Force Bruiser. Oh, wow. Wow. It's so. the smallest world. But yeah, um, what, what I was saying with uh, Jiu Jitsu, you get to meet a lot of people there. And <laughs> Phil's just showing me a can of his drink. Um, it is Jocko. It's Jocko Go. fuel. <laughs> it's yeah, my drink is Go. really. My my drink isn't anything special. It's a uh, purified. Well, we're here water. sitting here talking about being health conscious and that kind of stuff. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm drinking an energy drink. Go figure. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of that, sure. Let's talk about hobbies. And the reason why I want to say that is because I let let's chat about the importance of having a hobby just in general. And one thing that. I did in my internet sleuthing is uh, I was looking at some peer reviewed articles that were talking about like mental health benefits of a hobby. And with what you were talking about with being around other people, uh, people that were highly motivated that were, you know, that they're just sitting there trying to get after it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that does well for you because you, you tend to gravitate towards people who are successful 
Like if you want to be successful, you gravitate towards other people that are successful. That's just how that kind of works. Like you want to surround yourself with those people. And so let, let's kind of, let's, why don't you give me your thoughts on the importance uh, of just having a hobby? Yeah. Uh, hobbies are really important because I think it's one of those things that gives us an outlet. We can get so focused on what we're doing, especially as creatives, where, you know, I want to say that anyone that's listening to this podcast, for sure, definitely has a level of passion that's just above average. Um, they definitely take what they do seriously. There's someone who's all about improving themselves or trying to get better. And with that focus and with that drive that we have, we can burn ourselves out. Um, we can stress ourselves out for sure. We can, um, I know a lot of creatives sometimes tend to face anxiety, stress, insecurity, comparison. And it's nice to have something that's completely different. That's a completely different, uh, what's a good word for experience or a different just setting. Outlet. Yeah, you're not Outlet. even, it's something that's, you're, uh, it's definitely like disjointed from what you're doing. It's like a second life. Like with, like with jujitsu, you know, you look at videography, editing, shooting, and then you have jujitsu. Like it's such a contrast between what your work life is compared to what you're doing in your spare time. Like there's, there's, they're they're completely, they're polar opposites. Yeah. I I 100% agree with you on that. And I think having that ability to just have a completely, just to turn off the wedding videographer in you. And focus on whether it's jujitsu or um, whether you're a musician or whether you're pottery. I mean, something, yeah, just something completely different. I think it's good for us. I think a lot of people, well, some people might disagree, but I think it's good just because it just adds a little bit more well-roundedness to you. And there's definitely a lot of things that, like for example, jujitsu that we could both relate to. There's a lot of things that jujitsu can definitely help us out with with weddings um there's a left there's definitely a lot of things that can really improve our day-to-day lives that we learned at jiu-jitsu one of my favorite things and one of the things that's definitely helped me out um is stress management one of the things that i think i'm known for when it comes to wedding industry uh when i work weddings is i don't really stress out at weddings um unless it's like the second before the ceremony and I think a lot of wedding videographers know that like those five minutes before the ceremony starts, where it's like, you want to make sure you have the audio. You want to make sure that, you know, the person with the gimbal like is ready. Second guessing sure if everything is turned on and recording like every 12 seconds, you want to make sure your batteries <laughs> are on. Like I think every videographer has had that experience where it's like, you know, clock sticking. But other than that, I'm pretty mellow on wedding days just because I know how to manage stress. It's definitely helped me out tremendously. And I think having that level-headedness makes the bride so much more comfortable. Because yeah, you, you need can only to, you, imagine. They, they need like a, a calming force, someone that's kind of more grounded than, you know what I mean? Like the last thing that you want to do is you're, imagine being a bride, you're running late, uh, your makeup's half done, you're behind schedule, and you look over and one of your vendors is freaking out. Like they're off in the corner freaking out about something. 
Like that, that doesn't do anything to the situation, but just compound stress on, you know, what the bride is already going through. Like you definitely want to be that person that's like, oh no, like he, you know, when everything was said and done and everything was going to hell, Matt's, Matt's, you know, calming demeanor is what kind of brought us back down to reality. And we knew things were going to be okay. Well, one of the things I think a lot of people need to remember is when you walk into that bridal suite or that hotel room or the bride's house, there's a good chance that you've been to the most amount of weddings in that entire setting. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, like we do this for a living. We do this for a living and they don't, which means uncertainty to them can really not, can really add a lot of stress to them. They don't know what to expect. And not just the brides, but their parents, their bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, everybody. That house can easily yep. become a very tense house. And I'm sure we have stories of how you go into the house and everyone's yelling at each other, everyone's panicking, everyone's running late. But if you can be that rock that is just immovable, he could be that person that's just very level-headed, centered, grounded, and they can really see that, you can definitely set the tone for the day. You can take the most stressful bride or the most stressful mother of the bride and you can guide them, lead them, and really just change the tone just by your demeanor. And I think that's one of the things that makes me uh, good at what I do is no matter what, I always keep a level-headed face around the bride and the mother of the bride because I don't want them to stress out. Um, this is a day that they, I mean, we all know, spent months you know, they spent a lot of money. Yeah. We don't need them stressing out about it. Because if, if we're all stressing out, there's not going to be a real good solution that comes from it. And that's another thing that actually jiu has taught me is you could stress out, you can panic, you can freak out, you can get emotional. That stuff is not going to be effective in a positive way. That's not going to make a situation better. Some people have this belief that like stress like makes me work better, but it doesn't. Just imagine how much more you can get done and how much better you can work if you're in a very good mood. I'm not necessarily the believer of like, oh yeah, I work so well under pressure. Like, no, it's just, you're finally starting to work. Um, I'm a big believer of you want to be in a good mental state to do your best work. Because if you're in a good mood, you'll be able to feel confident about yourself, to do the best you can, to focus, to concentrate, as opposed to just being all over the place. And that's where jujitsu has definitely helped me out tremendously is it's put me in special stressful situations on a regular basis to where you end up getting used to those stressful situations. And then when it comes to work or when it comes to anything else, when the time comes to, you know, to act, to make decisions, to be a leader, you can make better decisions and you can have a lot more confidence in them too. You could be someone that people could follow. You could be somebody that can really have a say. Yeah, I mean, I um, I'm trying to think of this saying. It's there's there's no such thing as an extraordinary person, just a person who can make normal decisions in an extraordinary situation. I've never heard of that before, but I like that. Yeah, like that's uh, like it's just somebody that can just think, and that's one thing that you get used to. When you're in the military, when I was in my third deployment, well, um, you know, I was 20, 22 and I was considered an old man. Like I was an old man at that point, 
You know what I mean? Like I had been in for five years at that stage. And, um, uh, I just remember, you know, like everybody, like we used to joke about like, Oh, you know, you don't freak out like under, you know, certain situations. And I was like, yeah, I'm just much better at hiding the freaking out part. <laughs> like, that's all that, that is. Like, that's, you just get used to just looking normal. So, but yeah, I mean, when you got like a 300 pound person, that's half crushing you in side control, like you, you need to figure out life real quick. And one thing that I really enjoy from jujitsu is breathing like the, the amount of like breathing control that I've gotten to where, so for those of you that don't know when you're rolling with somebody and they're on top of you and they start putting actual pressure, like that's a thing they put actual pressure on you. Uh, it's super constricting. And when it's constricting and you're just starting out, you kind of go into fight or flight because you've got this massive amount of weight on your chest and you're in a half state of panic while you're trying to figure out a way out of it. And one thing that I've really picked up on is the breathing aspect, being able to control your breathing and then calm down. So now when I'm getting into like a quote unquote stressful situation, like I just, I do the same exact breathing exercises that I do when I'm rolling with somebody. The, I don't know if you do Wim Hof or not, but uh, I use the same exact concept. And it instantly brings my heart rate down, which stops my adrenaline from going. And then all of a sudden now you're back to making normal decisions. And you can do that through all kinds of stuff. I mean, if you were into yoga, you learn that kind of stuff. Like it's it's not just jujitsu. It's there's, there's a ton of different applications when it comes to like what your hobby can be doing to kind of help you. You know, for us, like I said, the reason why we're talking about jujitsu is because we just, we have a very shared experience with jujitsu. I mean, mind you, Matt's been doing this a lot longer than I have, but um, there's, there's a ton of stuff that you can learn from your hobby. And even if your hobby was something as simple, as simple as like hot yoga, like there's a ton of stuff that you can get out of that. And I guess you had made a comment about, you know, I, I don't know if we were recording yet or not when you were talking about um, you have a family and I don't. So I, I like to go in the morning and that kind of stuff. But let, let's talk about how you make time for jujitsu. So how are you making time for your hobby? Yeah, uh, for sure. So on the side, I'm actually a life coach and I help a lot of people create a routine for themselves. And one of the things I've realized is once you make it a part of your routine, you really don't want to, you don't want to take it apart. You don't want to change it. You want to keep it the way it is. And that's what it's become for me. So for me, there's a 10 o'clock class that I go to four days a week. And what I do is every Saturday night or Sunday, depending on what I'm doing, 25 a wedding or not, whatever day I don't have a wedding or whatever time I'm not working, I'll spend about an hour planning my week. And what I'll do is I'll write down Everything I know I need to get done. And what are the things I need to get done? Exercise, editing, eating healthy, um, seeing my niece and nephew. Um, so for those who don't know, like my mom uh, is recovering from cancer. So I give some time to my mom. So there's a lot of things that I want to make sure that I will get this done. These are the things that are non-negotiable for me. 
and those are my priorities. And I will put those in. I will schedule those in. I am not going to wing those, uh, wing those priorities. I know when I'm going to do it. I know how long I'm going to do it for. And I know how frequently I'm going to do it. That's a non-negotiable for me. When it comes to health and when it comes to like working out and fitness, I do put that as a priority because if I'm going to be able to work a 12-hour day, I need to be in the best shape that I can be in. I got to be able to move. I got to be able to bend down. To be honest with you, and this might be an age thing, but I don't get that wedding day hangover um, the day after a wedding. But that's just because I like to exercise. That's because I do my best to put myself in a situation where I can be vital and be energized and have the right mindset. I don't want to show up to a wedding where I'm dehydrated. I don't want to show up to a wedding where I'm, you know, full from like a horrible Lethargic, dinner. yeah. Yeah, because if I'm slow, if I'm uncomfortable, um, if I'm dehydrated, like it's going to affect my mood and it might not come out well. I might be stressing out and bringing that stress to a wedding day, you know, that could take away my focus. Like there's a lot of things that can happen if you're not feeling good health-wise until wedding day. So exercise for me is a big priority. And besides weddings, we just want to be healthy for our lifestyle. Like I know you have children. You want to be able to do everything with your children. You want to be able to be the best father, the best husband you can be, and just the best man you can be. You're just making assumptions right now. (laughs) Oh, I figured. That's a joke for everybody that's listening. Please don't add me. Unless you've changed since July, um, (laughs) the last time I saw you in person, um, that's my assumption on you. Um, Just being in the best, well, we don't need to have six packs, but if we can just take care of ourselves, drink enough water, get enough sleep, eat right, exercise. Everyday life could be so much easier. We can have more energy throughout the day. Um, and we've all had those days where it's like you show up to a wedding and you're just exhausted or you're cranky, you didn't sleep that well. And there's a big difference of, oh, I'm really tired. I don't want to shoot this. I can't wait. Uh, like where you're just watching the clock so you can be like, oh, I can't wait till 11, 11 o'clock hits so I can go home. And then there's other days where you're like, let's do this. Come on, let's go. Like you're all charged up, you're amped up. I want to have that amped up energy to where I can enjoy it. I can really just be alert, be more focused. Um, when I'm more focused, I can be more creative. I can be a lot more aware of what's going on in my surroundings as opposed to just getting the typical stuff. I can look for new creative ways. I feel like when I'm focused, when I'm energized, I can do everything so much better, especially editing. I don't know about you, but yeah, that's what affects editing. If I'm tired, I can't edit, especially creatively. Yep. Yeah, no, I've, I actually have like a set schedule for editing. Like I, I have a schedule that I like stick to when it comes to editing. That way I'm not, I don't edit for more than like four hours a day. I only do it Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Like there's like, I have like a schedule that I stick to, but just like you, you know, and not to, not to throw out my podcast, but episode 35, I talk about what you can do to be more productive. And it's the same thing that you were chatting about. Like we, we have a set schedule that we follow and that kind of stuff. And I think that you know, going back to what you said about discipline equals freedom. That's kind of the principle behind it is once you have, like, it seems crazy to think that having like a regimented lifestyle would be more freeing, 
than just kind of doing what you want. But when you have a schedule that you're sticking to, like Jocko is really adamant about getting up. He gets up every day at four, four, four thirty, and that's when he, yeah, he does, he does his PT. This morning, yeah, yeah, he's well, he takes a photo every morning of that watch, and uh, that's the thing. That's another thing. Every morning he takes a photo. Like mm -hmm. if you told him tomorrow, don't take a photo, it would throw him off. That's one of the things about breaking your routine. It just it throws people off. It just. I go crazy if I don't like brush my teeth in the morning. Um, like I'm a big hygiene person. Like, I want to make sure I have deodorant. I don't want to smell when I go outside. So I brush my teeth, put deodorant on, eat my breakfast. Like if I don't do those things, well, breakfast, I have a, that's a whole different conversation. But if I don't take care of the things that I've been doing every day, it does affect me. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like tonight, I, we don't have, have jujitsu tonight. I got an email like right before we started recording there's something going on with the water. So they had to close down the, the the building, which is multiple businesses, not just, you know, our gym. And now I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And then Brittany was like, well, you could spend time with your kids. And I was like, why would I want to do that? So, <laughs> well, Logan's on this trip right now. We, we got him a switch for uh, Christmas and all he wants to do is play Zelda. So he's like, are we going to play Breath of the Wild? Like that's, I swear to God, first thing in the morning, like I'll open my eyes and he's eye level with me because when he's standing next to the bed, like his eyeballs are like perfectly level with your face. And I open my eyeballs and there's this little gremlin staring at you going, are we going to play Breath of the Wild? <laughs> so. And we will be right back. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free. So let, let's kind of talk about, I, I think that a lot of people, disc, I think that a lot of people, I don't want to say make excuses because that would sound a little hard, but I guess I am going to say make excuses. A lot of people, just because I can't think of a better, better way to phrase it right now, a lot of people make excuses on why not to start a hobby just in general, like they make excuses on, I don't, I'm too busy right now. It's November. I've shot our last wedding and we're, I'm, I'm into the editing phase. Like I, I have to edit 10, 12 hours a day right now for the next 14 weeks for me to get caught up with the 26 weddings that I shot last year. What would you say to those people that are like, I, I just don't have time to do it. I can't take time for myself to do X, Y, and Z. If you don't have time for yourself, you don't have a life. That's the truth. It's, I think there's this thing going on in society right now where it's almost like the cool thing to be busy, uh, to almost have no time. And, you know, we all want to be busy. We don't want to, we don't want to be looked at as a person that does nothing because then people will think like we're lazy. But I think a lot of times the excuses that we make for ourselves really stem from a lot of us just not having the belief to do it. A lot of us are just intimidated by change. Um, I know, yeah, yeah. like for example, like jujitsu, for example, 
this is why I have to remember. I've been doing so for those who don't know, I'm a brown belt. So I've been doing jujitsu for a while. Um, this has been pretty much a part of me for I want to say more than half my life. I forgot what it's like to be someone who's totally new. It's I can only imagine what it's like. I've had conversations with people who are new, and it doesn't even need to be jujitsu wise. I've been to enough workshops to where I've met people who were completely new to the industry. And a lot of times I've noticed that like a lot of them feel like they don't belong there or they feel like their work's not good enough. Um, they feel like they're going like, to be like an outcast. Like We have these fears of not being good enough that really affect the way we live our lives. And to a point where we really just don't even try. And like I was saying before earlier, you can have all the motivation in the world, but that motivation wears off. We still have to push ourselves to do it even when we don't want to. Um, and that's just something that, listen, if you want to get good at something, you're going to have to challenge yourself. And when you challenge yourself, it's going to be difficult. Like it's going to be difficult. Like for example, like for somebody who exercises or somebody who runs, you're going to have to hit that threshold. And everyone who exercises knows what I'm talking about, where it's like, I don't know if I can get that last rep. Like it feel like I've, I'm really pushing, really pushing that type of discomfort is what you're going to have to push yourself through. Um, what do they call it? Break, it's breaking, breaking the wall. I think it's what they call that. Okay. Um, whether it's waking up early, whether it is trying a new, uh, trying a new weight, trying something new, going to a workshop, just anything, asking somebody out. There are so many things that feel like breaking the wall and it, it could be different for everybody. Like for me, going to sleep, actually not going to sleep, waking up early, like super early, like before five o'clock in the morning early, that's a real stretch for me. Some people do it easily, but for me, like, ooh. Well, I mean, in my defense, we're, we're in New England, and I know you're in New York. It's cold, and we're hibernating at night. Like, yeah. I try to get up before like six, and my body's like, nah, man, nah. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, uh... <laughs> I think I think I woke up this morning like 10 after 4. And I was like, I'm going to get up and go get some coffee. I have some stuff that I'm working on. Like, I'll, I'll just get, get downstairs and kind of get to work. And then I opened my eyes again, and it was like 5.30. And I was like, what just happened? And the next thing I know, I opened my eyes again, and Logan's looking at me, asking me if I want to go play Breath of the Wild. And I was like, it's got to be after 6 <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that the the hardest part, with any of this, just in general, is getting off the couch. The hardest thing to do is getting, you just got to get up. You got to get off the couch and you got to go do whatever it is that you want to do. Like that's, you know, a good example for me when it came to jujitsu is uh, for white belts, lowly little white belts, you get a stripe when you cross certain milestones. So if the instructors feel that you are progressing, you'll get a stripe. And then you get, once you get four stripes, it means that you're kind of staged for your blue belt. Doesn't mean you're going to get your blue belt. Just means that you're like sitting there, you know, you can roll with other people comfortably. You know, you don't have to be paired up with a brown belt every time, for example, like you can control yourself and that kind of stuff. And the night that I got my fourth stripe, I had zero interest in going to jujitsu. I mean, none. Like it was like five minutes past when I should have left. 
And I was talking to Brittany and I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to stay home tonight, blah, blah, blah. And then Brittany was like, no, you should, you should go to class. Like you shouldn't. She's like, don't, don't be lazy. Don't skip. Yeah. She doesn't want you to be at the house. <laughs> yeah, no. She's like, you can get the hell out of here. Uh, but no. And then I went that night and then lo and behold, I got my fourth stripe. So it was one of those things where like, I'm sure I would have got it sometime in the future. However, if I wouldn't have gotten up off the couch, I wouldn't have got that stripe. And that's a very proud moment. Like that means that I'm, you know, quote unquote, I guess done with the core stuff that I needed for that phase of my white belt. So good for you. And definitely one of the things I you say good for me, that was what, like eight years ago for you. (laughs) No, I'm I'm always, I'm actually, you know what? I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. Um, even though I've been doing this for a while, there's still so much for me to learn. Oh, uh, yeah. there are times where I feel like I don't know anything still. And that's something I noticed with a lot of wedding filmmakers too, where I'll compliment someone who's hosting a workshop and I'll be like, your work is amazing. We, a lot of us paid thousands of dollars, took a flight that that's very inconvenient. S- some of us, we had to fly spirit just to get here. Oh, and <laughs> Like, because we like your work that much, but then they'll still be like, nah, it's okay, it's okay. Um, but it's just we're, we're always, we're our own worst enemy. That's the one of the things that I've, I'm always going to realize is we are our own worst enemies, but ways that we can help that, ways that we can feel better about ourselves is doing hard shit. Um, yep. Like, if you want to feel good about yourself, if you want to be really, if you want to feel good about yourself, do hard shit. So if you want to wake up, whether that's waking up early, whether that's starting to work out, whether that's doing a martial art, that stuff's going to make you feel so much better about yourself. There's a lot of confidence to be gained from doing something and getting good at it. Um, especially when you get to see progress, where you get to see how good you've gotten. Yeah, just just um, setting a goal and completing that goal. That's why when you uh, when you started a new company, you put together your nine, your hundred day plan. So I, I did everything in the corporate sector before I started here, but you, um, you always make a hundred day plan and your first like three weeks are extremely easy tasks and we call it low hanging fruit so that you can just, it's quick wins to where you start to build your confidence up in that new position. And then is the, you know, but you have your first hundred days completely mapped out, but that, that adds like that fuels your success because you just want to, you want to keep having that feeling, you know, you get a dopamine release when you, when you accomplish something that you set out to do like that's, you want to keep getting that feeling. Well, that's also one of the other things when it comes to getting off the couch, like you said, getting off the couch, momentum, you don't necessarily need motivation, but momentum is going to be a big help. So yes, it's going to suck at first. It's going to be one of those things where you're going to be like, how is this even possible to do forever? But there's something just about our bodies, our nervous systems that allows us to get used to something. We can build routines in ourselves. Um, have you ever noticed that even if your alarm doesn't go off, you still wake up like a minute before, right right before? Ever notice like you, set, you might set the alarm for like 6.30, but like you'll wake up like around 6.30, just before 6.30. Mm-hmm. Like our bodies get used to that stuff. Um, our body, we can get used to a lot of things. And that's why I think creating a routine is actually not a bad thing because we can get used to this. And once we get used to something, we become more confident in it. And it just becomes a part of us. 
And for those who are trying to look for a new hobby, it, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's instruments, what I recommend is just no matter how stressful it is, no matter how unmotivating it is, give yourself like 90 days to do something. 30 days minimum, but like give yourself a solid 90 days to really dig into something. See whether or not you're into it. And I'm pretty sure that after 90 days, it's just going to be a part of you. Um, ask anyone who works out to not go to the gym on the day that they go to the gym. Just see what they do. Because if they're anything like me, they're going to feel really weird. Or say with someone who like, watches what they eat, like they'll feel really, just, just feel out of place. Taking someone out of their routine is, it really just takes away from who they are. And people think routines sound boring, but they're not. It's just structure that make us who we are. And I think routines are what make everything so good. Um, and if I can relate it to anything like editing, for example, I know a lot of people based on going to workshops, they do the same editing routine. When it comes to shooting weddings, they do the same video routine. Um, whether it's like shooting the ceremony the same way, or you might change it up just a little bit, but you still have to use your cables. You still have to record the same way. You still, you're not going to record the groom audio differently than you usually do. You're going to do it the same way. So routines can be good for us. Um, even though they don't sound as flattering as changing it up all the time. You just came to an abrupt stop right there. I'm sorry. What's up? <laughs> so you just came to an abrupt oh. stop. You were like, Whoop, your face just went flat. You were staring at me. I was like, oh God, what did I just do? Yeah, no. Um, and I, uh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, you know, it's my job to run this podcast smoothly and efficiently, and now I've been thrown off. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I one thing that I really enjoy about jujitsu is uh, it's humbling. Like, it's very, like, you will have days to where you think you know what you're doing, and then you just get obliterated. Like, it's, it is a very humbling experience that there's always someone that's better than you and there is no like there's no finish line i think goggins is the one that said that there's there's just there's no finish line there is no end to this hobby and that's one thing that i personally like about it is that you're always learning and it might be something as simple as you know you learn to put your elbow two inches down from where you were putting it and that makes the world a difference when you're trying to do like a sweep or something like that. And it's just, you've, you've entered into this phase to where every day you're learning something new and every day we're doing something that is not wedding videography related. And that's what I think is the healthiest part is we're not like, I, I will go down the rabbit hole personally of watching review videos on camera equipment that I don't even own. Like, I don't, I don't have a Canon C70. Why do I need to watch Gerald Undone talk about it for an hour? But I'll do it. And it's, it's good. I see you rolling your eyes. because, <laughs> But it's good to get away from the stuff that you're inundated with every day. And for me, I'm just, I'm inundated with weddings. Like I'm inundated with videography stuff like that's, so it's, it's unbelievably healthy to do just like an abrupt stop 
and be doing something that is completely unrelated to it. Back to what you were saying about being humble. And yes, I understand what you're saying with that part too. Uh, you just hit something. I want to make sure I say it before I forget it. Sometimes, and a lot of us will have like, we all have that one wedding usually a year where it's like, this went perfect. Lighting, audio, the couple was like a model. Everything just worked out. The, the speeches didn't suck. Like everything just worked to its favor. And you edit it, you post it and you're like, this is so good. It's getting all these views, getting all this great feedback. The couple loves it. They're the ideal couple. And then you see like Sharon Calafiore, or I think that's how you pronounce her last name, or Fiore Films post a video. Fiore. And you're like, oh, I damn, suck. I suck. <laughs> all that work. <laughs> you see Penn Weddings post something, and you're like, wow. Like that's just. But one of the things I realized after seeing those, especially going to workshops, is you want someone better than you. You want to have those people who are going to be better than you because what happens is now there's room to improve. There's room to get better. Can you imagine you were the best wedding videographer ever? Not that, not that I actually think it's boring one because, but you, 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 it would get boring. It would get stale. It's lonely at the top. Like anyone who's ever played a video game and they got really good at the video game, and to, like they play it so much that it just gets boring. You're like, yeah, I want something different. Um, it's we want to get better, and each time we get better, we can also have a good reason to charge more. So the sky is the limit for us. But I, one of the things about wedding, I think the wedding industry, I think we need to accept, is that there's going to be so many people that are better than you. And one of the things that's hard, this was a hard pill for me to swallow, was, yes, I've only been doing this for five years. But there are kids who are coming out who are like 18, 19 years old who in like five months will probably produce something that's better than mine. And that's a hard truth. That's a hard truth that I've had to swallow. And like in jiu-jitsu, like there'll be like these professional athletes who get way better, way faster than I did. And everyone's just, you know, everyone's just driving. Everyone has their own life that they're living. And it's not one of those things where, you know, I have to be better than this person. Like I didn't join the wedding industry to, to be better than this one person. I did better. I joined the wedding industry because I want to do this for myself and provide a life and just create cool stuff. Um, I think a lot of us sometimes get so focused on other people and what they're doing. And instead of keeping our eye on the prize that's right in front of us, we're turning to the left and it's moving. I know you can't see this on a podcast. That's, mostly audio but like you're steering left your eyes getting off the prize yeah, and uh, you're, you're you're drifting you're veering away from what you should be doing i think that's one of the things that jujitsu has definitely taught me is be, is that there's going to be people who are always better than you and what's really the good is even for someone who's been doing it as long as i do i get treated like a baby sometimes by other people people who are half my size people who Honestly, I haven't been doing it as long as I have. And yeah, I got yes, annihilated by like a 15 year old. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. Like these kids are just, it, it's just a different time. And it's not necessarily an excuse. It's just there's some people who just have a better, have a different upbringing. Like, but it reminds me, I didn't join this to compete with this specific person. I didn't join this, or my goal isn't necessarily to be better than this person. 
my goal is to be better than I was yesterday. And however that happens, all that's all I want is to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and I think you can apply that to a bunch of different things just in general. Like there's no, I think we, we definitely, especially in today's society with like Instagram and that kind of stuff to where you see like everybody leading picture perfect lives and everything is always fantastical and that kind of stuff. Like people kind of become disillusioned with what reality actually is. And, you know, like you sit back and you watch films by like sculpting with time. And like for me personally, I am never, ever going to produce a film like that. I just don't don't think I have the mental capacity to do what they're doing. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm perfectly okay with what I'm doing right now. Do I want to keep improving? Yeah, of course. But do I think that I'm going to make something as beautiful as what they did? No. Like, I don't think that'll ever happen. And I'm okay with saying that. My couples love my films. That's what's important to me is the people that are paying me for the film love the product that they get. Let me ask you a question, actually. I know technically I'm the one that's doing the interview, but no, I'm the one that's speaking the interview, but okay. So how long have you been doing weddings for? Who, me? Yeah. This will be my third season. Oh, wow. So congrats on all the success. Your first season. Success. I'm going to bullshit. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) wedding you shot, in October of 2018, or whatever year it was that you started, that was my if first you were one. to show that video, if you were to show, show that video, how would you feel if you just show that to video to like 100 people right now? Oh, I would. Well, I would critique it probably more than other people, just in general terms, because I'm I'm my harshest critic. But, but how, do, how do you feel about that video compared to what you did like two months ago? Oh, it looks like somebody shot it with a cell phone. Um, the reason why I'm asking that is because a lot of us, you know, we have this vision of like how good we want to get and how good we want to be and, you know, who we have to become to be that. And we're so focused on moving forward and we're so focused. And this, this actually happened to me when I hit my brown belt is I kept thinking, oh yeah, I'm not getting good. I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, I suck. I kept focusing on the prize. Like I want my brown belt, want my brown belt. When I got my brown belt, it was actually very emotional for me. And one of the reasons why it was emotional for me is because when we line up, we line up in belt order. And there's about like 30 people in class. The closer you are to the right side, the higher belt you are. I, when I, when I got my belt, I turned around, I looked at the entire class and I was looking, I was scanning the room, and I remember being all the way on the, uh, at the end, being like the, the newest person. And I remember just the progress. And that, what I'm thinking, what I'm trying to say right now is, a lot of the times is, we focus so much on, you know, tomorrow, where we don't even get a chance to really live the present of what we're doing right now, and like how far we've come. If I were to watch one of my videos from 2017, I would just feel so embarrassed. Not that, you know, my couple's video sucked. Like, I, I'm so glad that they loved it. But I've improved so much since 2017 because I've learned regardless of how, whatever reason. But 
sometimes I forget how much I've improved. I'm so focused on, you know, what's this person doing? What's that person doing? But at the end of the day, I've improved. And that's all that really matters to me. That's all that's important to me. That's all that's really going to matter to me is that I improved. Not that, oh, I'm better than this person. I'm better than that person. Um, Just looking back on just how much I've grown as a person once in a while, it really, uh, that's one of the things that like makes me feel good about myself. And I definitely encourage other people to do that too. Um, if you really want to make yourself feel good about yourself, like how far you've come, just look at your work that you shot recently and look at the work that you first shot and be like, wow, I got so much better. Yeah. I mean, I would not to be argumentative, but when you said that you would be embarrassed looking at your first video, that kind of struck a chord with me. And the reason why is because like it went, if I looked at my first video, I am still proud of what I did even on the first one. Like I am still very proud of that video. I might, it might not be the same quality as what I'm doing today, but I still did it. Like I did that video by myself with a GH five S on a Ronin. And that was the only camera that I had. That was it. And you know, you compare that to today where I have two FX3s, I have an A7 IV, I have lights, like all kinds of stuff. Like my product's going to be better today because I have a lot more stuff that I'm using and I know how to use it. But I would definitely discourage people from looking back at their previous work before they knew what they were doing and being embarrassed by it. I can understand that. I Maybe embarrassed isn't a word and maybe I'll, I'll backtrack it. Um, my first wedding I ever shot, I used the Calvin Harris song as their wedding song. Nice. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Sweet Nothing. That was the song. And How fast that could take it off YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Never went on YouTube. I was delivering a DVD at the time. Nice. Uh, it's even better. Yeah. So um, I, I should have a copy of it. But it was just one of those things. I was just, like My way of – I had an XA10 at the time. My way of like stabilization was I would pick up the tripod, shrink up the tripod, and just hold the tripod. And I would just pretend like that was a gimbal or like a glide. Hey, you got to make do. You got to make do with what um, you got. It was just one of those things I just rolled my eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God, why did I do that? Um, but, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. But regardless, I still believe that when I look back at films I did, I'm like, wow, I improved so much. It's, I don't even recognize the person I was back then. But that's just because of all the growth that I've experienced. Um, and I don't think I'm growing this much if I don't have people around me who I can be like, oh, they're better than me. Let me learn from them. Let me ask them for yeah. advice. And what's really cool too is when you have, like, I tend to think this, a lot of successful people, they're very helpful. Yeah. Like, if you ask them for advice, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll give it to you. Yeah. I can't like, count how not. many times I've emailed, like, Kalen from White and Reverie. And he's shot me a message back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's been like, oh yeah, you need to do this, this, and this. Like it's unbelievable. That's why when people reach out to me, not that I know what I'm doing, but when people reach out to me, I'm always helpful because, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you, you gotta be, you know what I mean? Like it's just, and that goes back to what I was saying before we started recording about competition. Like there's no reason to be competing with people, especially in my market my market, there's so many weddings. Like it just doesn't make any sense to compete with other people, period. Like we've become such good friends with people that quote unquote should be our competition. 
and we refer work to each other left and right. And that's, that's just like, that's because why, like it doesn't do us any good to sit here and, you know, like bash other vendors or now mind you, there are vendors that I've worked with that I don't want to work with again, but I don't go around in like a Facebook post and be like, Hey man, did you work with so-and-so? Or I can't believe this photographer stood in front of my camera. How dare they stand in the middle aisle? (laughs) Let me listen. Those people who spend a lot of time just spreading negativity on social media, those people need hobbies. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, so, hey, real yeah. quick, when you were talking about flying Spirit Airlines, uh, I was watching a TikTok because that's healthy. And I was watching this TikTok that was showing somebody who was acting like they were the ticketing agent at Spirit. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I had ever seen because he was like, Oh, you want the plane to land? Oh, that's going to be an extra $75. <laughs> <laughs> chances are we're going to actually drop your luggage somewhere over the Midwest and you will have to drive back to get it. But (laughs) please send it to me. Oh, I will. I I got it. I'll dig it up. Cause I texted it to somebody. Uh, So I'm trying to figure out what was the topic? Cause I know we have to still stick to the point, stick to the topic. What is, what else were we, what was the topic of conversation before we went on this little uh, detour? We've been talking about hobbies. Yep. For the last hour and six minutes now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember when I told um, you about 30 minutes? So. Yeah. I figured. Your wife's going to be like, are you still, hey, babe. You, oh, wow. You're still recording. Okay. It's like 10 Yeah, o'clock. no. Well, she she actually just called me and she was like, uh, uh, she was like, you're going to have to come help me with the groceries. <laughs> so, but we, we've been looking for a babysitter for a NACE event that we have on uh, in March. So she's got a call with the nice event, but the, the last section that I, that I do, believe it or not, for those of you that don't know, like these are actually organized. Uh, there's, there's two, there's one thing that I always like to ask my guests and that's one, what's one question that you wish that I would have asked that I didn't. Yeah. So I think for me, the question I guess I, I want to answer is what's something that I can do right now? Because at the end of the day, you can read any emotional, uh, motivational quote. You can watch any David Goggins video. You can watch anything that Gary Vee says on TikTok. But at the end of the day, if you don't take action, then what is that going to do? Um, we can get, I keep saying this, I'll keep saying it. You can have all the motivation in the world. You can watch an, a motivational video of someone working out or someone losing weight. But if you don't make that first step, then you're not going to go there. And unfortunately, that first step is going to be the hardest. But taking that first step is going to be really hard. But taking that second step is going to be a little bit easier. And then taking that third step will be easier. And before you know it, you're jogging. And before you know it, you don't even want to stop. Um, It's just going to become a part of you. Um, Something to give value to people. Um... I understand there were, there were times in my life and we can always talk about this another time. Um, there was times in my life where I felt really just depressed and down and, you know, I didn't really feel good about myself at at certain points, but unfortunately it took me a while to realize that the only person that can help me with that was me. Um, nobody was going to save me from this. 
Um, I kept thinking like it was going to be like a movie where someone would help me out, inspire me. No, at the end of the day, it, would, it had to be me. It had to be me that took the action. It had to be me that really had to hold myself accountable for anything that was going on in my life, whether it was my fault or not. And if I can give anybody just a piece of advice is, even though what I just said sound, might sound a little harsh to some people, there's really no better feeling than taking action and just keep going forward. One of the things is I'm not where I want to be in my wedding business yet. I'm not where I want to be in jujitsu yet. I'm not even where I want to be in life yet. I, I, listen, I would love to be married with kids and whatnot soon, but I'm really proud of the person I am. When I really look at it, when I really reflect everything I've accomplished, especially when I take a real chance to really look through, reflect on everything I've done, Listen, there's people who've accomplished way more at my age. There's way more, there's people who have accomplished way more with the experience I have. But I'm still just proud of who I am. I'm proud of what I've accomplished. And I definitely recommend everybody to just really just write down the things that they've accomplished, even if it's a small thing. There's no standard of like what you should be proud of. You can be proud of anything. Uh, if, you, if you made your bed this morning, be proud of that. But to... F- don't ever feel like that you have to, that there's a standard of way to do something or to, there's a standard belief because that stuff I just, I'm not into. Um, everybody has a different way of life. Everyone has a different opinion. And it pretty much says like, do whatever makes you feel happy, but be proud of whatever it is that makes you feel proud. So listen, I might get up at 5.30 tomorrow someone else might get up at 8.30 tomorrow and that might be the same level of uh, accomplishment. Um, don't be like, oh crap, he woke up at 5.30, so I me wake up at 8.30, it doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, you're living your own life. And at the end of the day, I'm living my own life. And yes, maybe a second or two, I might think about your life, but I'm mainly focused on me. And everyone else needs to remember that. Everyone's just focused on each other. Everyone's just focused on themselves, I'm sorry, to where that pressure of feeling like I have to perform for other people, it's just not there. It's something that we just create for ourselves, and it's the pressure that we add to ourselves. I hope that made sense. It did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but um, I definitely think a lot of us have this story that we just tell ourselves that holds us back and anchors us to really living the life that we want to live, accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish. And once we realize that these are just stories and not actually facts, we can pretty much do anything. And I also recommend that if you are interested in trying jujitsu, do it. Um, I recommend it for everybody. You'll meet a lot of friends. You'll meet some great people. You'll get in good shape. You'll feel much better. I second that. The, the day after a wedding will be way easier um, yeah, when I, you're talking about the wedding hangover, I was like, what is that? Like, I'll, I'll shoot a wedding on Saturday and then go to comp class at 9 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, like, th- there's people who are younger than me who don't, who don't really have an exercise routine. Um, who, like, the day after a wedding, like, I can't do anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just went, I went out the next day. But, um, yeah, I mean, guys, just focus on your health. I mean, we have one body. And I think this whole pandemic, if anything, it just realized, it just made us remember that we have to take care of ourselves. Um, 
But yeah, I hope that answers your question. It did. Matt, I cannot thank you so much for coming on today. It was awesome speaking to you, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate this. This is my first podcast. I am still nervous. Um, well, but, uh, we've been going. We were supposed to go for 30 minutes, and it has now been an hour, 12 minutes, and 49 seconds. Oh, I have 46 seconds on my Tascam DR10. Um, but it's been an honor. It's been great. I'm so happy that you were my first. Oh, my God. That sounded horrible. Um, oh, boy. Boy. I'm so happy. This that- escalated quickly. <laughs> I am very grateful to have had the opportunity to be on your podcast. I love where it's going. I love where it's going to be soon. Um, I hope to be on in the future. I hope to, if anyone has any questions, um, always feel free to reach out to me. I'm always glad to help. Yeah. And so if you guys want it, you guys got to check out Matt's work. It's Mateo Valet Productions. So that's M-A-T-E-O-V-A-L-E productions.com. We'll have it linked in the show notes. Uh, you can check his Instagram out at Mateo Valet Wedding Films. So M-A-T-E-O-V-A-L-E Wedding Films. And again, we'll have that in the show notes. So you guys got to check out his work, but make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on our podcast. Don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. We really hope everybody is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. All right, out. Are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent Renting equipment is way easier than you think. You can ship it all back and forth from your house, and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Rent a Sony a7S III or a Canon 1DX Mark III. You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from Borrow Lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with their customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today, and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow.